Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Celentano, our business editor, and Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. The 2023 Volume 2 is available now. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com slash intelligence. Well, John, I believe you're going to talk about how the slowdown, what the effect is on equipment vendors. Is that right? Uh, hi, Leslie. Yes. Um, obviously, <clears throat> you know, we've all been living with and heard about the the pause, the, uh, the cutback in capital expenditures among the the big three uh, mobile network operators in the United States, and uh, certainly the fallout, uh, you know, directly affects um, the 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 equipment suppliers that sell the network gear to these carriers. Um, in this case, uh, Ericsson and Nokia are the prime vendors to both um, to to actually to all the um, the major carriers. And they reported their um, second quarter uh, 2023 earnings results in the last week. And uh, interestingly, both of them uh, reflected similar numbers as a result of um, the capital expenditure cutbacks. Uh, Certainly North America represented a double digit drop for both of them. Uh, And, um, you know, as, and since they are global vendors, uh, that and and since North America represents a large portion of their sales, that reflected on their their overall performance. Um, but obviously, as global vendors, North America does not represent their total um, source of revenues and and profits. Um, to offset the declines that they're experiencing in the North American market. Um, the, there's a big uptake in the in India, where the leading mobile operators there, um, Bharti Airtel and Reliance Geo, are ramping up their 5G deployments um, at a pace that um, um, the Ericsson um, um, uh, recalled a record build-out speed. Um, and both companies are pushing to cover the entire country by the end of 2023, which is really remarkable considering uh, um, the number of sites involved and in the, in the, uh, the land mass and the population that they have to serve. Um, so that's been a bright spot in both Ericsson and Nokia's reported results for the second quarter and likely will carry through uh, the end of 2023. Um, in fact, the, the increases that they've enjoyed have actually been you know, triple digits, at least uh, for Nokia's case, they're, compared to last year, same time last year, 
their revenues to India uh, were up 333%. Uh, Ericsson's not quite so high uh, uh, at 74%, but that, it just goes to show the, um, the, 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 the rapid ramp that the, um, the mobile network operators in India are on. The other area that's a growth uh, um, item for both companies is private networks. Um, certainly the appeal of private networks, and we talk about this in our, our 2023 volume two edition of intelligence, uh, private, the appeal of private networks is that enterprises can exercise a lot more control over their voice and data and uh, data communications. They have greater security on their network and they can actually enjoy and achieve operating cost efficiencies by running their own network. The availability of spectrum for private networks as um, and, and custom network designs that utilize RAN and core gear from both the Ericsson and Nokia and others uh, presents significant opportunities to um, enterprises for deploying a private network. Uh, to that end, you know, Ericsson's private network sales jumped 275%, over 600 million in the quarter. Uh, Nokia uh, had a bit of a head start in private network deployments, but actually saw a 25% year-over-year increase uh, to 570 million in its enterprise segment. So they both expect to see continued strong growth in in uh, in the enterprise space. Uh, actually, Nokia claims to have more than 635 private wireless networks worldwide and actually added 90 new enterprise customers in the quarter. So it's a little bit of an up and down story. The, um, you know, they're the, the riding through the, the cutbacks in North America, but they're, um, they see growth in other parts of the world, uh, India in particular, but uh, Europe is coming on. And, um, and um, so the, 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 I think the overall trajectory that they're exhibiting is, is positive, but um, you know, it's a mix, uh, their results are a mix of uh, what's happening in their respective markets. So. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. it. It ties directly into what the um, the carriers are doing, and um, um, you know we're in the midst of the uh, second quarter earnings call season, so we'll uh, report as the uh, carriers and other vendors um, um, uh, present their results for the quarter. All right, John. Thank you. So the. I have two rip and replace stories to discuss here. The FCC told Congress that as of June 30th, um, the FCC and the administrator of the rip and replace reimbursement fund received more than 5,000 applications. Um, from 86 of the 126 approved entity uh, for a funding allocation, the Wireline Competition Bureau and the FCC's Office of Managing Director previously okayed a little over 190 million in reimbursement claims from priority one telecoms. Those are, they have 2 million or fewer customers. And those were deemed, uh, what had been submitted was about 4.64 4 billion in cost estimates that were deemed reasonable and supported. So the recipients, for those approved distributions now have deadlines to remove all the Huawei and ZTE communications equipment and services ranging from September 29, 2023 to June 30th, 2024. 
That's based on their initial, when they got their initial fund distribution. In May, Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel explained to Congress that they had to prorate uh, the money and they could only give each applicant almost 40% of what they had asked for because Congress has not appropriated the additional money needed for the fund. Um, the ask significantly exceeds, she said, the $1.9 billion appropriation. And that's because when Congress expanded the program, they didn't expand the appropriation. So recipients must file a status report on the removal, replacement, and disposal of that Huawei and ZTE network gear every 90 days. The last deadline was July 10th. And based on those on that paperwork, the Bureau estimates 13% of the rip and replace reimbursement funds have completed the work for all the affected gear in their networks. Um, that's a little bit of an increase, a 10% increase from the previous reports um, in April and January. The uh, carriers are still citing the same hurdles, um, lack of funding, supply chain delays, labor shortages, and weather-related challenges. Uh, roughly 39% of recipients indicated lack of funding continues to be the huge obstacle here to getting the work done. Approximately 1% indicated they're not going to start until they get the money. And following on that, the uh, 17th was the deadline for carriers who want to be reimbursed to file at least one application. And um, Competitive Carriers Association President and CEO Tim Donovan called that a dark day. He said, because Congress has not yet fully funded the program, carriers are forced to undertake the endeavor of removing the untrusted equipment with 40% of otherwise approved cost estimates. That's to completely remove, replace, and destroy the untrusted equipment. He said, absent full funding, networks in many rural uh, areas of the country are at ever-increasing risk of breaking down and going dark. And, you know, he said carriers relied on assurances from Congress that full funding would be provided. And so he's saying, you know, where is it? We need it. And Jessica Rosenworcel has made that same point. And we're running into a deadline uh, to get it done if we're going to get it done before Congress's August recess when both the House and the Senate will be out. Yeah, Leslie, um, thanks. Yeah, I, it, while we like reporting on all the sturm and drang of all everything that's going on in Congress and in big business and with the uh, major carriers and all of that, we also like to focus sometimes on the on the human interest side, on the on the actual people that put their lives on the line every uh, every day for for this industry and uh, that was no exception this past week we uh, did a story written by our, our sharp smith technology editor uh on a young woman named nicole champ who worked for tilson and uh nicole was a uh, uh recruit <laughs> literally and figuratively out of uh out of the Marine Corps, uh, that uh, Tilson uh, found her there. Uh, they have a, their own 
program called the SkillBridge Internship, uh, where they help active duty service members transition into the civilian workforce. And uh, they, of course, they feel it validates, it values the, the experiences and talents of, of veterans and, and uh, uh, what they've uh, what they've done in the military and how that those that skill set applies to to our industry and uh, Nicole Champ was uh, certainly no no exception. Um, she had, uh, like I said, she'd been in the, the Marine Corps working in, in uh, uh, as a nuclear defense specialist and as a security officer, and she'd also done time as a corrections officer. So um, uh, this this is a young woman to be reckoned with. Uh, certainly, hopefully, she got the, re the respect on site that. Uh, that she's earned in, uh, in her military career. But um, Nicole said that uh, the, the telecom industry presented several learning curves in the beginning, but she welcomed the challenge and, and uh, even thought it, it, even though it was uncomfortable at times, but uh, she said she's always on the lookout for new experiences and ways to push herself. She's a bit of a, she said, an adrenaline junkie, does skydiving and rock climbing and all, all the kinds of life-threatening things. So uh, climbing a tower is, is uh, uh, not totally a new, new type of experience to her. Um, but um, she said that she uh, likes to find problems, fix them before they become an issue. And uh, uh, she also finds inefficiencies and figures out how to solve them so she can uh, work smarter and more safely. So uh, we welcome her to the uh, to the industry and congratulate Tilson on on their recruiting, uh, successful recruiting and, and, and incorporating the uh, uh, military into uh, into our industry. Thank you, Jim. So that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. And for a complete rundown of all the week's stories, check out our Saturday edition. We will see you in a week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.